Welcome to Four Dram Goal, the only show where the only way you're going to get smarter is if you dumb it down with us. So grab a glass, put the game on mute, and take a listen. Let's do this. All right, welcome to Four Dram and Goal, the podcast where we drink whiskey and talk sports like many others, but there's only one dick. And there's only one Kurt. Say hi, Dick. I am the only Dick. What's up, yes, Drammers? Sir. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to talk a whole lot of end of the year stuff. We're going to talk some bowl games. We're going to talk the playoffs coming up. We're going to talk uh, whiskey for the year and reflect back on it. Very similar to what we did last year. And we're going to talk about the last year that we've had in the podcast because it's it's been a while now. So let's see what we've got under our belt and talk about that. But as usual, Dick. Getting into the socials, sir. Dude, I mean, we can keep doing the socials every time. Um, I just like, even before we get started in that, like 2021, was it better than 2020? Oh, you want to go there right off the bat? Oh, I just want your like, just initial question. Let's break it Ooh. down. Um, it's just yes or no. Was it better it, in 2020? No, not for me personally, but we know those reasons. Uh, there was... Oh, man. See, the thing about 2021, it was a blink and it was over. Like, I know you say that about every year, but this year. So my year was like what? Funerals, houses, funerals. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a movie called that. Um, <laughs> three weddings know, at a funeral. Zoom, three funerals Zoom, at a wedding. Zoom, Zoom weddings, things like that. City <laughs> fantasy year, whatever. Uh, it's been, it's been a crazy year, but you know, like I said, there's been things settled into a new house, settled more into a new area. My kids have been healthy. What about you? Uh, I would say it's better in 2020, but I'll, I'll give you my rationale for, for why, but before we do so the socials, um, it was a year of getting back to social norms for some of us, um, and maybe creating, you know, new norm, what it looks like from like workplace interactions, you know, going out, grabbing a beer, grabbing a whiskey with someone. I think we got to do less zoom face-to-faces. Um, we got to see each other, uh, more often. So I think that's really a tie into our, our socials and the way to stay connected to us is primarily through our website, fortramagold.com, as well as our Instagram, um, at four T H D R A M. Um, we've had a lot of big strides this year. Um, we've been able to kind of update our site. We now have YouTube available to all of our listeners, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Audible, CastBox, Spotify. You can just type in 4TH, ampersand, DRAM, and any of those sites, any of those services, and you should be able to pull us up. But if you know you can't find us, you can't um, listen to us on, on one specific specific application, don't hesitate to send us an email at Fort Dram and Goal, 4-T-H-D-R-A-M-A-N-D-G-O-A-L at gmail.com. Um, that is probably the quickest and fastest way to get in touch with us. Let us know what's going on and we can continue to grow our social presence as well as make sure that we make ourselves available to our, our lucky uh, five listeners that listen to us all the time. Um, I have seen our, our listening posts and like once we put them up like and post them, we're getting more followers. We're getting more listens. And I know it's just not you listening to it 10 times. We're actually getting some strangers out there, whether it's our friends or family listening to us. Um, it's been pretty interesting. Yes. I'm just waiting for the emails. That's the one that if you're listening to our first two minutes of our podcast and then cutting us off, send us an email. Like that's what we're encouraging more this year. We want to interact more. We want to talk back. We want to take your intake. We want you to help us out. 
we want to start the conversation. Yeah, just email we'll subject that. you suck dot dot dot. And here's why bullet point, bullet point. And we'll talk about it. We'd <laughs> love to bring it, bring it onto the show. And I've also started including on the Instagram post, uh, DM us, send us something besides a spam DM saying for us to share and promote on your uh, Instagram. But other than that, yeah, uh, I, I keep getting a lot of like solicitations for uh, Russian hookers. So I don't know what's going on there. That's uh, the vodka game. Uh, so before you, you, you made sorry, you made me think of something. We were talking earlier before we started about the specs line with the the release that kind of happened this week. Yeah, and, and someone brought it up there, like, man, do you think about those poor people that are just trying to go in for their daily handle of Tito's? <laughs> They've got to deal with this shit, dude. Yeah, no shit. You're walking in like it's one of those like, what's going on? Because you have to understand that's probably like ten percent of the audience that walks into a specs is the you know, the taters out there, the yeah. rest are like, I just need some Seagrams to mix with my seven up. Can I just grab it? Um, Why is there no Jack Daniels? Well, the sad part is our buddy, Big Tony, he was looking for some Buffalo Trace. He actually started grow- growing some cojones and he couldn't even walk into the store and get it. He couldn't find a bottle, a bum bottle or an airplane bottle of it. So Really? Yeah. He ended up grabbing some TX because a buddy. Now, before you make that face, TX, they were sipping on some TX on Yellowstone the other night, and it did make me want to go grab some. So it was that's just funny. good marketing. Come on, dude. And well, you know, I'm a sucker for that. You know, I, know I you went are. out and got the Rocks Tequila. You know, you know, I went out and got Robert Downey Jr.'s Peloton. Anyway, um, but the fact that he can't even get that sad. Uh, but it was uh, probably I'll probably go get some TX because it was on the show. Uh, he did grab some Zazrak Rye. I was able to find because what he does is he calls me and I give him 10 suggestions and he's like, oh, I'm just going to get tequila. Uh, but he actually grabbed something I suggested. So baby steps. Uh, when I told him that I put a small cooler in the freezer to make clear ice cubes, that's when he kind of drawed the line. And he's like, that sounds like so much fucking work. Um, but anyway, you left me pouring my heart out about 2021, sir. So please return the favor. Yeah, man. So I guess 2021 for me, like the big thing has been like, you know, not to make political, but like vaccinations um, has made me and my family a little bit more comfortable going to do things. So putting ourselves out there. We pretty much hold up for all of 2020, it seemed like. Uh, but to be able to see friends, see family, go out to a bar, you know, have a drink um, outside of the house, you know, actually get out there in public has been kind of a refreshing taste. And I know there's a lot going on in the world, but for me, it's not where we want to be. But I think that we're going to have to kind of, I don't think this is ever going away. Um, and I think some of the personal notes, professional notes, you know, there's been some, some great things that have happened, but also some really difficult things, um, even here recently. So, you know, every year seems to be, oh, it was rough, but I can try to look at the good times. I think overall it was a better year in 2020. I don't think we're going to ever have a year as just raw and difficult as 2020 was just like emotionally. I hope not, man. It's getting rough out there again. Um, but yeah, I just, like I said, I know you say it every year that you blink and the year went by, but this one, this one just definitely, I feel like, you know, buying a house, that whole ordeal, that made it go by real fast. 
And then we've been we've been in our house for like six months now. And I didn't even think about it till today. So all right, but enough of the soppy stuff. Uh I ate some eel today. That yep. was shocking. <laughs> eel shock, right? They're the ones that they'll shock you. That's one specific kind of eel, yes. Okay, cool. Because that would have killed my dad joke. Um my sons did not laugh at that one very much. Uh the wife showed some pity and chuckled. Uh, which she often does with me, but yeah, that was cool. Uh, any other bullshit that you've done recently to chit chat about competing with my eel story? Man, I started. Um, I started watching. No, the... okay. Um, okay, well, cool. Um, uh, I started watching The Witcher, uh, season two. No, you ever watch it? It's actually pretty. Never good. mind. I take it back. I stick with my okay. Moving on. I'll put that on the list right after Vikings that I've said I'm going to watch for like the last seven years dude you and i both yes okay speaking of vikings nothing to do with viking let's talk about what's in our glass you want to go first you want me to go i guess we're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum here uh yeah we, we said this is gonna be like the scotch year the scotch season and then what did we do what did we do we totally we took an intermission we took an intermission i stayed on that intermission <laughs> i got some scotch uh, so I guess I'm back on the Scotch Road. You you tell us about yours. Yours is probably the more interesting one. I don't think we've ever heard about this one on the show. No, I have. I've mentioned it because this is one of my first scotches. I've got the cool bottle. If you see our Instagram post, Old Pulteney Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, aged 12 years uh, in Oak X Bourbon Casts. It is a Highland Scotch Single Malt and the big thing about this one is called the maritime malt it's uh, right there on the sea very northern edge of scotland there and uh they kind of marketed off that a lot uh because of the way it's produced one of the cooler bottles i've ever seen they call it the uh of course i would forget the word as i have the box right in front of me but the smuggler's kettle bottle where you can, it looks like you could literally do like the whole saw glass thing and have a little glen from the top of this. Um, but this is one of the very first scotches I've ever had. And it was like nine years ago. And I remember it because my dad bought it for me after he felt sorry for me because I bought it, was walking into my apartment and it instantly fell out of the box and shattered everywhere. Uh, so yeah, dude felt bad. Grabbed me another one to surprise me like the next day. Pretty cool. And this was actually the bottle that, if you remember, I took it to your house and we killed it. And you said you were going to turn it into a lamp for me. Probably just one of those projects that you just kind of you shelved it. It's probably still going to happen, uh, but you probably just shelved it for a little while. I'm sure I'll get it. I think I still have that bottle, but I could be wrong. But yes, I, I will. I will. I also said I was going to make the um, single barrel e.h taylor into oh, yeah. a lamp and i've totally whiffed on bringing that to you so shelf it it's okay yeah uh i think i owe you a couple things now i think i still owe you a jack daniels barrel proof as well <laughs> i whiffed oh, yeah. shelved it it's okay uh and it's 38 dollars. so that's the cool part 38 dollars, legit looking scotch legit looking bottle legit looking box uh yeah we'll see how the taste notes go I all I can remember, a buddy did text me like, hey, how's it taste? I was like, I haven't had it in eight, nine years. Uh, I know that the seed thing that they talk a lot about, it's I remember it being in there. 
the taste of the sea, salty. Uh, but we'll see if it's it's like I remember. Jefferson's you, buddy? Jefferson's Ocean. They do that with like they take it on the maritime uh... routes and all that stuff, and it's supposed to, you know move around the barrel more and it tastes different than the regular jefferson's i don't yeah, know if I've, i buy into I've that been, yeah i've been told by a specs guy which could be hit or miss on that uh that that's like marketing bullshit but i don't know oh you mean like you know having tx whiskey on your favorite cowboy show you shut your face yellowstone anything on yellowstone i'm gonna go buy a dodge ram while i drink some oh my tx God. You're not joking either, because we just talked about you buying a new truck, and you're actually considering a Dodge Ram. Which, I'm gonna try fun fact, there's no such thing as a Dodge Ram. Okay, whatever. It's called a Ram. It's its own brand now. So My bad. I'm Thank you, Plymouth Chrysler. That does sound slightly cooler than you saying Dodge Ram. Dodge Chrysler. Dodge Chrysler. Pl- no, Chrysler is Dodge, right? Plymouth Chrysler, yeah. Mm, whatever. Uh, but I'll try all of them. I'm going to do the Sierra. I'm going to do the Dodge. I'm going to do the Ford, I think. I don't know, man. Everyone has a Ford over here. Uh, Texas. I'm going to do the Titan. And who am I missing? Who am I missing? I don't know. Titan gang. I don't know about Tundras. All the new Tundras are pretty sick looking, but they're apparently like stupid expensive as well. So Maybe I'll try a Tesla. I mean, if you want to be a super douche, go for it. I love being a super douche. Okay. What is in your glass, Mr. Texas boy? So I'm going back to still Austin cast strength. Um, one of my go-tos, I was in specs oh, like three or four weeks ago or something like that. Saw bottle. Um, it's a two-year aged bourbon. But when you think about Texas whiskey specifically, like they age uh, faster, they're more mature, quicker. So I really feel like two to four years within any sort of like Texas heat and that winter that you get in the hill country of Texas around Austin or even more north than or Dallas, you really do get more maturation um, in a shorter time. So uh, I really feel like this probably sips probably like an eight-year-old, 10-year-old Kentucky bourbon, in my opinion, coming at 118 proof. This is this is the musician. I mean, this is that same still Austin whiskey just bottled at a higher proof. And it's honestly probably one of my favorite Texas whiskeys, if not my favorite. Well, don't give us your notes before you start giving us your notes, buddy. I've reviewed this one on the show before. I'm curious if it comes in at the same, but yeah, man. I mean, this is a, this is an old old favorite for me. Yeah, I uh, we had said on the last Scotch episode that we were going to do Highland Twelve. Uh, that got sidetracked. Highland Park. Yeah. Highland Park. I saw Highland Park Twelve, but it was called like Highland Park Viking something. Yes. Is that is that is same that one. it? It's That's the same it. one. They yeah. just call it okay. Yeah. Um, maybe we should start Vikings and start drinking that. Ooh, I like a way that, that, that you drink. Um, it's just so it hard for me to go drop a bottle like $70 on a bottle that I know I'm gonna let sit on my desk. Like, it I haven't was finished 47. all the other scotch. Mm, was it the 12 year or was it the 10 year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm overpricing about that was 70 bucks. Probably quite a bit. I still have like three or four scotches that I haven't finished. Nice. Probably should have reviewed one tonight with me since we're doing Scott. I have. Yeah. I have Tomatin 12 or Tomatin, however you want to say it. I just don't like, I don't like it. So well, then you review that bitch anyway. Uh, all right. So we told you what's in our glasses. Uh, let's call this Mr. Worldwide episode then since we got some Texas and we got some Scotland. And let's get into that second dram. Let's do it, my friend. 
All right. So second dram is going to be, we're going to call it headlines and just intro topics. We've got quite the show lined up for you. I can't remember, Kurt, if you hit on it, but we're going to talk about um, really our 2021 wrap up. We're going to talk about a lot of the stuff going on in the NBA. This is going to be our basketball um, episode, if you will, as far as you know, NBA and college basketball. So before we get started and all that stuff, there's a couple big items um, I want to kind of make sure we hit on. The first one happened uh, Tuesday, the 28th. We were originally going to record on that day, but there was so much going on in the world. And the late, great John Madden passed away unexpectedly. It was announced that evening. I think we were watching the bowl game. Um, I think it was a tech bowl game, right? Got uh, It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So I wanted to make sure we spent some time talking about John Madden and just like overall, you know, his history. There's that great special that you haven't finished. I haven't started on right now about the all Madden, you know, John Madden. And I don't know. Is there anything like you want to bring up first you want to talk about here? Uh, yeah, it was a crazy, you know, emotions that night for any football fan. For me in particular, I'm living life, enjoying tech, kick the pirate's ass. Uh, and then all of a sudden, boom, you get that on the tracker on the bottom. So all over the place, um, the the documentary did get released on Christmas Day. One of the people texting me was like, it's pretty cool that that served like as a eulogy. Like it was like he got to see that. And then um, I did start half of it very, very good so far. Excited to see the second half of it. People have repeated it and they, you know, you forget how good of a coach the dude was. Like, you know, we were back in, you know, of his career. But 10 years, that's it. Did his 10 years and was out. And, you know, they've played that clip over and over. I'm never going to coach again. And he didn't. Uh, you know, he did his 10 years. He won the, his, his Super Bowl. I didn't know the fact that he was in like eight straight AFC championships or something like that, Yeah, which could only be just heartbreaking. And then to finally pull it off in, in 76 against the Vikings. Uh, but yeah, you, you, you forget about that coaching career, you know? Yeah. Look at you bringing the Vikings back into the conversation <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. You really do. You forget about it. Like it's an issue. If you didn't grow up watching it, which we didn't, we always saw, you know, the ESPN classic films, you know, the game um, had been carried out on the shoulders of all those great Oakland players, um, Super Bowl 11. I mean, to your point, I mean, the dude had a, a 76.3% winning record as a head coach. Like, who's the last coach to do that? Belichick? I mean, of I recent know. memory, I don't even know what Belichick's is, but it's got to be up there. Uh, I'm sure Bill Walsh's percentage was probably pretty high. Okay, and probably Parcel when you look at the grand scheme of his entire coaching career. Uh, but you, you start talking about those names, and those are the goats, right? So I think my question to you is like, let's talk about his coaching first. We know his player of record. We know his overall record. What? Where does he rack and stack from a coach of all time? Is he? Number one, is he top five? Is he top 10 for NFL coaches specifically? I mean, he's got to be top five. If, if if I had lived in that era and saw it firsthand, definitely top five. But seeing all the numbers, and I looked up Walsh's and Belichick's, they were in the 600s for winning percentage. Um, of course, their careers were quite a bit longer. Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, he's got to be up there with, like, Landry, um, oh, yeah. Lombardi, Belichick's up there. 
I mean, if well, he's not in the top five, for me, he's in the top 10 for sure. Well, the thing that puts him in the top five is, uh, God, dog, it, who was saying it? And it, it, they've been, it's been nonstop. I even, and I don't listen to these guys, and I've said it before, but I listened to Skip and Shannon the other day, and even they had some, you know, really legit stuff to say. You mean say they about. agreed on something? Yeah, and they, it was interesting to see. Maybe it was one of them that they said that he, oh, gosh, who was it? It was him because I think Shannon was talking about how he would ask about his brother, but that he got so involved with his players. Like they used Tom Landry as a opposition. Tom Landry was business, didn't want to become personal uh, because he knew he was going to make decisions, but that Madden was so opposite that he just got so involved and he loved his players and, and, and got to know them that it just burnt him the heck out. Yeah. And that that's what he said. 42 you know, he was done. Yeah. Well, they said, I mean, they asked him like later on live. He just, I was burnt out. He was, he put so he put his whole self into coaching. Yeah. Um, and then I think honestly, at least from my perspective, you got the better part of Madden from an analyst standpoint, because you got all the enthusiasm, you got all the heart, but he got, you got to see it firsthand. Exactly. You said boom earlier. And I was like, ah, uh, the, the, Maddenisms, if you will, like turducken, right? And then the constantly saying stuff, um, like the most obvious things, but then putting it in front of you, like, and you're like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. Like it irritated some people, but that's what I loved watching Madden. You're like, how did you make that sound like it was enlightening? <laughs> you know, you know, and you have to remember whichever that. team gets the most points is probably gonna win the game. Like, what was his last year? 2001, 2002, 2001, yeah. Like I was like 13 like i wasn't so i mean we got early early the turducken do you know where the turducken started out of all places i mean it was during the thanksgiving game right but you know where like it originated that he went no he it was new orleans it was louisiana of course it was he was like this is beautiful i want one of the like that's where it started i saw that the other day um which kind of goes back to the timing of his death. You know, they talked about him a lot during Thanksgiving with the turducken and you saw the special and then you saw the documentary and it was just kind of the Madden way. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, his later years, we benefited from the Madden game. I had the, I, I, I don't know if original. 90, the, so 95 or 96 is the original. No, no. You're talking like 91, 90. It was on Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I'm thinking yeah. PlayStation. Yep. And my mom got it for me at a pawn shop. Like nice. the original Madden for the Super Nintendo. Or whatever the first one was for Super yeah. Nintendo. Um, and, of course, played that for hours. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as going back to your original, which we're going to ramble on about Madden for a while because he deserves it top five he's got to be i would agree with that um i think where you kind of delineate his career really is coaching and announcing an analyst but his legacy is going to live on for so much longer that because of the madden game right the all madden team i mean what was an all madden player they asked him that like multiple on multiple occasions and if i summarized it probably do a poor job of it it wasn't about being the best player on the field it was about being the player that put your most heart into it that played when you were injured you know the lts you know the um 
fuck, what's his name? Well, uh, the Reg, a, the Reggie White was a player. No, those were some players. <laughs> <laughs> but like the Reggie Whites of the game, like those guys, Jerry Rice, like those dudes that, that put their entire life, blood, and sweat into the game itself. And I think it's a parallel to what you talked about with John Madden earlier, being so involved, right, yeah. in his team and his players. I mean, to make the All Madden team, that's better than being All Pro. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, they've <clears throat> talked about that a lot. You know, we're not we're not regurgitating things on purpose here. This is just what's been talked about so yeah. much in the last couple of days that you guys have have uh, heard about. Well, you had asked me favorite moment that has to be later on in his career for us at our ages. But the one that I can specifically remember, sixth grade. You know, Buddy David was over watching the game. We were all pumped. We were rooting for the Patriots to beat the Rams. It was Super Bowl 36. And I, it's just, you can remember that last Tom Brady drive where Madden goes as they come onto the field. If I'm the coach, I'm not doing anything stupid. I'm taking a knee. We're playing for overtime. And then you see Brady kind of start chucking at it, cutting it away. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'll admit as a coach and announcer, I'd be wrong. I'm, I'm, you know, what Tom Brady just did gave me goosebumps. Like he, he, he calls himself out and, and I remember that specifically. And there, there's the five, 10 yard pass, the, you know, 15 yard pass out of bounds. And then there's the game winning field goal, but that's my favorite moment. Cause of course that was like one of the last ones. I remember it vividly, but yeah, classic Madden. Don't do anything stupid. Okay. Well, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> like this is beautiful. Like it was classic Madden. No, I, I think that's great. Now that's kind of like my favorite moment is probably because I'm more of a gamer than you are. We've talked about this, but like playing Madden growing up, getting the Madden every year. Um, oh, one was my first year that I got it. It had um, uh, Eddie George on it. Eddie George was on the cover. Oh, one PlayStation two, like the lighting effects were ridiculous. And that's how I really got into the NFL because my dad wasn't a huge sports guy. So I got in the NFL playing the Madden games, learning who they were, what their overall was. And that's become a whole tradition within NFL players themselves, right? But I will always remember going into the locker room. I was like in seventh seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade. And we were all talking about Madden. We we're talking about football, the whole nine yards. And like one of my buddies, he was like, yeah, we're like, hey, man, you've been playing Madden lately or you get the new Madden. He's like, yeah, man, but I have to turn it with the commentator off. I'm like, why? He goes, because Madden talks a lot of shit, dude. And I was like, that's because you suck. Like, obviously. But, like, Madden just saying shit about, like, I don't know what he's doing. Like, he's not going to be able to score enough points. Usually the person that gets the most yards wins the game. Like, stuff like that. It, it still rings in my head. Like, Madden talks a lot of shit, and he did. But he knew what he was talking about. And he got out there with the, the yellow, you know, you think about the replacements, right, the movie. And he's circling shit, and he was like, here, go here, and here, and then here, and here. I mean, he really started the drawing on the screen with this finger all over the damn place so i don't know i'm gonna miss that i'm gonna miss that a lot so yeah looking i did have the, i remember the uh cover vividly and i looked it up and it is the one i'm thinking of it was the very first madden that came out in 1988 jen madden sitting on their own cover he's yeah like, he's like yeah with the double and then i did have the 97 one for the playstation um uh, but yeah or no, this isn't the one I had. Maybe it was the 89 one. Anyway, one of the very first ones. But yeah, absolutely. Everything you say, the talking shit, everything I agree with. Um, and then it goes back like he coached one of the, the coolest franchise. And he helped. He helped that legacy. Oh, you sure. Know? Yeah. 
he had Al Davis, then he took over, and then he sets it up for Tom Flores, who goes on to win those two Super Bowls with Plunkett and everything. Like, he was part of the – whether you love them or not. In, in recent years, not as cool, mm-hmm. but it's hard. We've talked about it. You don't mess with Raider fans, and they're just so damn cool. They've got the black and the silver. I had the Woodson jersey growing up, you know um, – he just kind of adds to that. I mean, if there's one team that I've uh, the Houston Texans, which don't get me wrong, they're right there to doing this to me that I was like, I just can't take it anymore. You know, if you want to fall back on it, if you're like, what's the next coolest team? The Raiders, man, they have it. They have everything. And you're never going to get past Raiders with Rich Gannon, like early 2000s Raiders and Rich Gannon for me, dude. Like that Rich brings Gannon. sidearm and Rich Gannon. All right. So we kind of broke well, it down before. Uh, hold on. So I was re- reflecting on Madden mm-hmm. and then for some reason I wanted to look up because I remember it vividly and Google is a beautiful thing. The first football game I ever watched on TV, I was in my apartment in Flower Bluff, 1993, Dolphins versus Redskins, which is why I was such a huge Dan Marino fan. It was week 10. Dolphins beat the Redskins, 1993. Rich Gannon came in and played in that game. So you learn something new, but that was, that was my first football game that I remember watching. You can picture me watching it. Rich motherfucking Gannon. Um, <laughs> that's funny. So the, the question I have for you is breaking his legacy into like three parts is how my brain thinks of that. Like coaching. I don't think we talked about him much of a player. I mean, we know like, you know, he never really took the field. Because he got hurt. Coaching, announcing long-term legacy through stuff like Madden, Maddenisms, et cetera. Like what, when you look at his legacy as a whole, is there one era that stands above the rest of them? Like why Madden will always be Madden? It's It's got to be the announcing. I mean, because you have to think about it. The announcing was three decades, which it's funny. The video games pushing that or no, it's getting to that point, but. No, it was, it was the teleprompter. You know, he made that legendary, you know, not teleprompter, the. Um, yeah, the, the shit you draw on. Yeah, he yeah, made so that legendary telestrator. There you go. Um, you know, the drawings and the funny, you know, things he would do with it, the circling, the even, you know, people going, oh, he's John Wiener. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you, you look that up on YouTube, that pops up, but aside from the immaturity, uh, just the way he made it fun and interacted. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a big knowledge of commentators from the seventies and eighties, other than maybe some Howard Corsell. Uh, but I'm assuming he had to be like Romo before Romo, the way he would break it down, the way yep. he was like, okay, here you come. Here comes a rollout in a screen. Are they're going to put this guy in? Like he was that guy. Uh, and that's what made him the goat. And yeah, it's got to be the announcement for me. And then you got the little Giants appearance, all right? And replacements, Puerto Rico. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's the announcement, man. That's what that's what he's going to go down as. Yeah. And I think he's in the Hall of Fame twice, right? For that coaching and announcing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know he won 16 Emmys announcing, which was amazing. I didn't realize that until I was doing research on this. Um, I think two factors, though. I agree with you, but he he's creating or he has created two generations of armchair quarterbacks. 
like that think they know every damn thing from watching him on TV and then playing Madden and hearing him talk the entire time and telling them everything they're doing doing wrong. And I mean, what more could you ask for? I mean, he imparted so much wisdom and, and really took the game of football and took it to the next level, whether it was knowingly or unknowingly at the time. Well, well, the crazy thing is people have made careers out of Madden. Like people have played video games and won a lot of money doing Madden, you know, and yep. that's all, you know, thanks to him and what he invented over with EA Sports. And then it's always funny. Like you wonder what if Madden had said no? Like, would it have been like Pat Summerall football by EA Sports or like oh Michaels? Like, what would it be? As I actually look into the sports world and Pitt is driving with 44 seconds. They're down 24 to 21 uh, to Michigan State in the Peach Bowl right now. They with their backup quarterback. One time out. Oh, well, whoever the quarterback is, he just threw a pick and Michigan State's going to take it to the house and they are going to win the Peach Bowl. You're a little bit ahead of me. Kind of feel like I jinxed him. All right. Well, there goes that excitement. For sure. I I will raise my glass that it still has a good amount in it. Cheers. To the great all Madden. Cheers. Salute. All right. Um, Well, keep it in the invading football. It's bowl season, baby. Boom. It is. We're not going to talk about all the bowl games going on right now. We'll break that down when we're done after the first of the year. But cancellations have been a plenty. Uh, Hawaii Bowl, Military Bowl, Fenway Bowl, Arizona Bowl, Holiday Bowl. Um, there's been some shenanigans, some shifting around. AM had to back out, but they were able to keep that bowl. The Marshall uh, Arizona Bowl, which, yeah. was my, which was my random excited to see it. It was. I, I want you to give us a little bit of your thoughts on the UCLA situation, like Chip Kelly being Chip Kelly. I, okay. So here's what I'm, I'm hoping and I'm giving UCLA the benefit of the doubt because I've gotten bits and pieces. I've heard that UCLA was packing their shit up hours and hours and hours before it was released. You know, they're the only one that like, we're talking hours before kickoff and they're like, meh, like even Mississippi state, like it's kickoff. And then it's like, Oh, they have like 10 players out, which it turned out to be like 16 or something. But my hope is, and this was the holiday bowl against NC state. All right. My hope is that they were holding on to hope that they were actually going to play till the very last minute. And I'm hoping that like they got a bunch of tests back at the last minute and they're like, okay, we just can't do this. But if it's, if the whole like packing their shit up and if that's true, which we don't know if it is, maybe it's the players that had tested positive and they were going home or something. Like, what are you doing? Like you, you, you got people flying to California, San Diego, correct? Holiday Bowl. Which, easy for you, UCLA. You're going back home. I, I'm not sure how much of a drive that is, but it's definitely not from North Carolina. Um, and, yeah, somebody somebody dropped the ball there. But, like I said, I'm hoping it's on the fact that they were just holding on to the very end that they thought they were going to be able to play that game. And then somebody said, "Nah, we just can't. Um, so, yeah. Which, side note, not to throw you off, but I read an article that was like, shame on Boise State and shame on Central Michigan, if that was them, for taking that invitation because of Barstool's past of being like sexist and racist. It was just, it was one of those like, it's not really Barstool's past, it's Dave Portnoy. Um, And I think they did kind of. I, I don't know. I didn't, it was just a hard read. Even the comments were like, shut up. 
just shut up. Like, did you let see him Dave, play the game? Did you see? I, I agree with that. The shut up, just let him play the game. I mean, someone's sponsoring it. But did you see the Dave Portnoy missed uh, the uh, half court shots? Bad. 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 Did you see what they released the next day? Oh. They're like, this could or could not have been David Portnoy. It could have been another like frequent Orlando Magic fan, such as Bradley Cooper. We just don't know. <laughs> like, it was pretty funny. Uh, they could have said it been Ben Affleck, and then they could have said, well, it could also have been Kirk, because they do look alike. So. I do look like Ben Affleck. That is true. But then I would have been at a uh, Lakers game with J-Lo. That's where they <laughs> frequent. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but back to it, the cancellations... They're paying the ass. I'm hoping, I am hoping we get through the major playoff games without this. It would just be the biggest asterisk. You from an A&M fan, mm-hmm. y'all were kind of the first ones that said we can't do it. Mm-hmm. I will say this. There was a group of people that were like, oh, fuck, fuck, why you do it? I, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, you know, you need so many players to feel the team you need you know backups <laughs> i won't even i guess i'll mention it there was a little jab at the fact that this was i think in the chronicle today or the other day the home of the 12th man just couldn't use the 12th man for this game like there was a couple of those jabs but no i i, I mean it's absolutely a safety it's like you know you've got you got to be realistic here then you had your quarterbacks transfer in, which, you know. Oh, that totally played into it. How much did it take away from your enjoyment of bowl season that you don't get to watch some modders? What I'm trying to say. And, no, and once again, I want to reiterate, I agree with the A&M's decision. I just wanted to say, like, hey, they're, they're saying these things, and it didn't make sense. I It takes away, for sure. I mean, I watched the Duke's Mayo Bowl today, and I was like, man, I wish we were playing some bullshit fucking bowl game. Um, the you see them trounce the coach and mayonnaise? No, I missed it. Yeah, the winning coach gets a bucket of mayonnaise. Oh, I know. Them. I just missed it because I was yeah. trenching my yard. So anyway, point of the fact is your question. Yes, it takes away from bowl season, holiday bowl season for me. On the flip side, I do think that us making this decision so early in retrospect only makes us look better as an organization, because we gave them plenty of time to find someone as a replacement rather than pulling a UCLA and noping out at the last second. So, I mean, I think nah, we man, they just didn't want us. any of that demon deacon smoke, boy. I mean, last time we played them. I'm just kidding. That's, no, that's, that's not that was, a, that was another thing, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's probably because they just couldn't put a team together. But uh, no, it's uh, I was disappointed because I did want to see the Boise State Central. Uh, that was the random bowl game. I was excited to see how Barstool was going to play it. What shenanigans were they going to put on? Um, and then, like, I think it was the military bowl that got canceled. Yep. No, and the Hawaii Bowl. There was a rough stretch there. Like, there was no bowl games or not very fun bowl games from, like, last Thursday to this Tuesday. Agreed. Uh, that those could have been some fillers in there. Um that that was like, man, I you, you don't realize how much you miss the Hawaii Bowl until you're in that little stretch of it. Uh, Army had an awesome ending, whatever bowl that was. Missouri the, was it wasn't the first responder. They kicked so. the game winning. They, no, yeah. that was Air Force who was throwing yeah. the ball. Go figure. Um, yeah, they looked bad running the triple option too. No, Air Force <laughs> did look bad. 
But they looked looked good throwing. What I'm saying is running the triple option. They look disjointed as hell. Man, the triple option is like your prom date. It's not always going to look good, but it gets the job done. I saw like I saw a few snaps. It was funny. Quarterback opened up, you know, the classic open up and the fullback is like three yards behind him. (laughs) It was like there was no mesh point. He just kind of stood there and then he turned around and whipped out. Sometimes you got to bail, man. Um, Yeah. So, okay. We'll move on from the cancellations. What else you got on headlines? Uh, you know, I think that's what we got so far. We got to let's let's get we'll get into our, our next couple topics. But before we do so, let's talk about the nose of these uh, beautiful glasses. Um, okay. I'll go ahead. Since we were talking about alcohol, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about John Daly now or. I guess we can touch on it. If you insist. Well, you brought it up. You asked me the question that I, I, I did. Know. So John, okay. da- John Daly and his son. Pig Suey. Won the PNC championship, right? <laughs> Up against Tiger and his dad and a few others. I guess my question to you is, who's going to be the better golfer in 10 years? Is it going to be Daly's son or Tiger's son? Daly's son? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were asking me, like, Tiger's son against Daly, like, in general. No, Daly's son. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know, man. That's so much pressure on them. John Daly, it, you know, and the funny thing is, John Daly is a hero to, to a the, lot to, of to the average man out there. Yes, and the average man in general. Like, oh, yeah, I can be decent and just pound beers on the course the entire yes. time. Like we love us some John Daly. Uh, his son, obviously, a very good golfer. Tiger's son. It's going to be interesting to see, man. Uh, can I a mean, protege make a protege? I mean, you remember Jordan's sons playing basketball? No. Exactly. Uh, it could be rough at times. Um, Didn't Jordan's son play Michigan State for a little while? No, one of them played at like UCF for a little bit, I think. Okay. And then the other one was like at Illinois, or maybe that's the one that transferred to UCF. I don't know. There was two, and they both. Uh, Tiger's son obviously looks like he has the mannerisms down. He looks like he has the style. It looks like he even has the physique. He's a little... <laughs> <laughs> little jack little golfer out there mm-hmm. uh i don't know i don't think that's a fair question i wish them both luck i do too i <laughs> i hope tiger's son can live up i thought you asked if tiger's son was gonna have a better career than john daly i'm like is that you're gonna have to fill me in what are john daly's highlights <laughs> like two things i know about john daly with the top two facts he's from oklahoma right he's from i thought he's from arkansas that's why he's a pig suey fan Maybe. It could be wrong. I don't know that yeah, fact. So first one is John Daly, the 540 driver, right? So 460 is the biggest legal driver. John Daly is a 540 driver because, of course, he does. Um, and then a John Daly, the drink, is an Arnold Palmer with vodka. So, I mean, how could you know? That sounds delicious. Okay, so John Daly was born in California, but I'm assuming he didn't live there too long. This is our from, expert producing. Yes, our expert. They moved uh, to Arkansas. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, that's why his he was son was wearing Arkansas pants, I believe. But he attended high school in Missouri. So Missouri, Arkansas, same state, isn't it? Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Texas, Arkansas, okay. whatever. All right. So yes, John Daly has a heart uh, place in a lot of our hearts. Those of us who can't play golf, but damn it, we love to drink on the carts when we go. All right. 
So before we get into our third dram, let's talk about the nose of these glasses. I'm going to go first here just because I've done this one before. And with still Austin cast strength, it's obviously a lot more pronounced than the musician, which it literally is the same whiskey as. But you get you know, red fruits, a little bit of bourbon candle. There's a little waxiness to there. Um, also, sweet honey, a little bit of toffee. But all in all, I would say that this, from a bourbon perspective, this racks and stacks against Kentucky bourbon very well. On the nosing, if you put it against other Texas competition, it's obviously going to grade higher. Overall, I think this is a, a B plus on the nose. But what B about plus. you? Yeah. All what right. So there's, there's two different things going on from when I had my first class last night. There's a sweeter hint on the nose. And there's a funkier hint on the nose. Like I picked up the funk at first a little while ago and I was a little disappointed, but there's this sweeter. It's actually like a cotton candy kind of nose coming off of it. Cotton candy. That funk is prevalent though. That was not there last night. So I'm interested to see if I put some water later, what that brings out. I'll wait till the tasting notes when I kind of specify where the C part is it that I get. And of course, I love when I can compare the um, on the website. It has the aroma to medium to high intensity with a pretty hint of sea air. Uh, and that's it's supposed the, to be like saltiness. Like, well, that's their thing. Like I said, they call it the maritime. They're on the edge of northern edge of Scotland on the water. They, they say they let it get hit with that salt air. That funk, though, I'm wondering if that's... Was that my glass? Because <laughs> it was not there last night. But yeah, it's like a cotton candy, fruit, little funk. Orange is there. Some orange. But yeah, if I could say cotton candy and orange is what I'm getting, that's 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 what it is. Cotton candy and orange. Yes. I don't know that I've ever heard you put those two together. That's why I know I'm not just pulling this out of my ass right now. I'm going to go B minus. All right. So with that, we'll go ahead and get into our third dram. And we're just going to talk about basketball here. That's a primary topic. Breaking down into two subsections of NBA and college basketball. At first, I got to ask you, like, how much basketball have you watched? Uh, I've, I've watched, you know, tech, of course, a couple times this year. Um, if it's a weird Providence versus DePaul or something like it, nine o'clock at night on Big East. Yeah, I'll check that out. Um, I did watch like the Gonzaga UCLA game because it was a big rematch from last year and it was not as exciting as last year's game. Gonzaga won that pretty uh, easily. I saw some of the Gonzaga Texas game. Um, so to answer your question a little bit, I caught the end of Alabama Tennessee today. I caught the Alabama or the Tennessee Arizona game uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, 
So a fair amount, fair amount of basketball. Yeah, you're doing better than me. Um, I tend to find myself watching 10 to 15 minutes here and there, like a finish. Um, it's just really hard for me to sit down at least this time of year and watch a full college basketball game. Where I really send a ramp up is probably two to three weeks prior to like tourney time, specifically within the conference championships. So I can kind of get my bearings so I can fill my bracket out. So you're probably going to do a little bit better here. So Kurt is probably going to be the better steering or, or of riding of the ship, if you will, as we get into college basketball. But what about NBA, man? Have you watched a lot of NBA games? Because I've been watching the Spurs here and there. Uh, just the Knicks. Just the Knicks. Uh, I've caught. It's literally been when the Knicks are on, you know, national TV. I watch them. Uh, I mean, the Knicks are fighting for a playoff spot right now. I mean, it's definitely been not as exciting as when the season started. Just put it this way. I haven't been saying bing bong as much. Um, I caught the end of the Warriors Suns game the other day. But yeah, this, not, not as much NBA outside of the Knicks as as college basketball. Yeah, I've caught more back end finishes on Sports Center of NBA games than anything else other than the Spurs. Um, the Spurs just last couple of years have been kind of hard to watch. I mean, so just frankly, I mean, it's really hard to watch. Oh, your team. boo! We had twenty years of kicking ass. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, team sucks. Triggered. <laughs> All right, so let's just go through like our thoughts on the best teams so far. Uh, this might be a bit controversial, but let's, let's talk about your pick here. Uh, Gold State, man. Gold State looks really good. What? Um, it's not the Lakers? Come on, dude. They have to be the best team in the league. Speaking of some bad chemistry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Golden State looks really good, and they don't even have – I don't think Clay Thompson has come back yet. No, they haven't had him for – yeah, sometime. Um, they were, I, they I agree with like that. Like they're back uh, to be their old selves. Uh, they did put a good little hurt on the hottest team in the NBA, the Suns, the other night. Um, I want to talk right? about that though. Like I, we'll talk about that in as we talk about championship predictions. But I want to talk about the Suns a little bit. Um, I agree with your Golden State comment. Uh, we saw the great uh, moment when Steph got the three point, you know, crown, all that fun stuff. Is Steph the Knicks? Is Steph the best shooter in history? Yes. So what does he have to do to be one of the goats of like all time? He already is. You think? Okay. Yeah. So do you also no, he's, put... He's already... No, not Ray Allen. I was going to ask if you put Ray Allen in that same category, even though he had the shooting ground for so long. No. No? Okay. What about what's a what's it about Steph's game that makes him different than Ray Allen? Steph's kind of got the he's got the three finals. He's got the MVPs too. I think like he's just got the better like he's got a Hall of Fame legit like which Ray Allen does too. But but he's more of a leader on the team. He's leading his team through it, not being a supporting cast member. Mm. Ray Ray never led a team to a championship. No, he was part of it. No, but, you know, Steph's had a pretty good cast, like, to where sometimes you're like... But he's always been the unequivocal leader of that team. Yeah. Well, Clay Thompson at his peak is pretty damn good, but... But that's a problem. Um, you're saying Clay Thompson is peak. Steph has been more consistent, and that's why he's the leader of the team. But, okay. Well, yeah, you're just helping me prove my point more. But, yes, that's why I would say, like, Steph... I'm not disagreeing like, with you. One of the greatest of all time. Yes. I just want to understand the difference. So then, what's what about Reggie Miller? 
Reggie's a goat. Reggie's okay. definitely up there. Uh, because Reggie was the leader of his team and took him to through the playoffs. I mean, he never cracked the seal. Out but. of the three, and I know there's going to be people that are going to tear me up, but out of the three, when you think like... I, I feel like I'm going to agree with what you're going to say, and it may be controversial, but I, I think I'm going to agree. Well, like out of the three, when you think of the one that's more known specifically just for the three-point shooting... It's Ray Allen. Like Steph is known, of course, because he has the record now, but Steph, you know, he can ball. I mean, they all can ball, of course, but I just picture more driving, more scoring than the three points. Yeah. Ray, I'm picturing, you know, threes all day. And Miller, same thing. The defense, the, you know, taking a game over and, and this and that. So I don't agree, disagree with what you're saying, but I thought you were going to go a little different direction. I feel like if you would have put Reggie, with a same caliber of squad that Steph has had his entire career, Steph and Reggie would have been right about the same. Like Reggie was that good. He was, he made the Pacers good in spite well, yeah, of the Pacers being bad. Yeah. And that made Reggie a heck of like that made he like he was in Indiana his whole career. That's what I'm saying. Like he's, yeah. he's that much better because he made them as successful without having near, not near the supporting cast, but yeah. okay. So then let's talk about championship predictions here. Uh, I'll go Golden State, and then like I'm looking at the top, like Brooklyn. Just like I feel like they can. It takes one of those guys. I know Kyrie's been out, but well, Kyrie's not going to be play be able to play in any of the games in New York. So yeah, um, but they're still at the top of like even without them, they're still you know at the top of the Eastern Conference. I just think that they, you know. Durant can get hurt. Harden can get hurt. You know, something can happen. They're, they're one, you know, injury away. So, like, I'm looking at Milwaukee, the team with experience, the team that made a run next year. They're sitting at three. The Bulls are young. They're at two. There's still a lot of basketball to be played. But, like, if I'm relying on experience and keeping a squad together to get to the finals, I give Milwaukee the edge on that. So, I, I'm going to go very, very, very early. Uh, but I'm gonna go Golden State versus Milwaukee. Okay. So I don't I don't hate that choice. I think that's probably like I would say one of the safer choices and a lot safer than what I'm gonna say. But I'm gonna say like 90s throwback here, Suns Bulls. Bulls are young, but the Suns, this is where I get a little bit turned. Like I'm I'm going out on a limb, and this is why I'm gonna kind of poke holes in my own theory here. Who have the Suns beat? I don't know. Well, they beat Golden State earlier in the year, but the last time they, they competed, it was like 107-114. Mm-hmm. But they have not put a shellacking on anybody of note. And it's going to be an uphill battle. Like It'll probably be the Suns and Golden State at some point within the playoff rankings, depending on how the chips fall. Maybe it's in the finals for the uh, the Western. But if they, could beat, if they can beat Golden State, I think they can win it all. <clears throat> I just like the Bulls because why not? I mean, we haven't seen yeah. the Bulls. They're young. They're young. I mean, like I, well, they they can make a run like the Suns did last year, but I just I think they're one year away from being that finals team. Isn't the NBA better though when the Bulls are good? And we yeah. talked about how like certain sports are better when certain teams. No, are good. the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. Bing bong. <laughs> when were the Knicks last good? Sorry, at the beginning of the year when they were like sixty-two. <laughs> Yeah. So college basketball, same questions. Who do you think is good right now? And who do you think I see? 
I don't want to give you a final four prediction right now. It's just so hard. Who's going to have the good year? I think, I mean, this is what's fun about this. Like we make the shit predictions with little to no information. And then yeah, we let it ride. I'll, I'll give mine. So I'll go for this. Fair enough. Fair enough. So it's got to be Baylor, right? They've already beat a Michigan State. They've already beat Nova. Like they have to be the best team in college basketball, but they have an uphill battle. When you're talking about like June 11th is like a game I'm watching for sure. The tech, the tech game, right? That's going to be a really good one. It's at home, but they have Kansas state twice and they have to play Bama at home, like, or on the road at Bama home. Those you mean Kansas or Kansas state? They have to play Kansas twice. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant. Um, no, they're that's why they're ranked number one right now. Yeah, no arguments there. I think I had them as my best team. Uh, Duke's always going to be competitive. They may have a little magical run uh, because it's Chefs last year. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, best teams I would put Baylor and Duke right now, and that's why they're one and two. I have not seen any uh, Purdue basketball at all. Everybody's talking about Purdue, and then, I, I mean, when I look at them, I'm like, who they haven't played? Yeah, uh, I've seen, I, if anything, I've seen more Gonzaga basketball out of because they played. Because it's prime tech, time, dude. They played Texas. They have that big guy, Chet, who looks like a stud. Chet, you betcha. Uh, Chet Hol- Holmgren. Oh, yeah, that guy, too. <laughs> uh, they have Timmy again this year. Um, so, yeah. If you want to put a final four prediction together, we can, but well, I, let me ask you before you do that. What are your predictions for tech this year? Uh I hope they look typical tech, close-knit group. One of the players even said it the other day during the press conference, like they're real cool off the court, which every team's gonna say. Um uh, I'm Is hoping Sweet 16 would That's be what a I was successful ask you. year. Anything past that is freaking awesome. But yeah, I'm hoping I, I'm hoping some magic and we do Sweet 16. I'm hoping we take one of the two games against Beard. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a good matchup because you get two of those this year and they're both ranked in top 25 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to keep going, to show I sound like I know what I'm talking about. There was a there was a three game real rough stretch. It was Providence, traditional basketball powerhouse, uh, Tennessee, and Gonzaga. There was like a Arkansas State squeezed in there, and I we had to win one. We had to at least get one. We should have beat Providence. Two out of three would have been fantastic. But I saw good things. We beat Tennessee. And then it was competitive against Gonzaga. It was like a, a two-point game there, and then Gonzaga just went on a roll, and they didn't have Tech didn't have their best player. Uh, so if they can get better from that aspect, they're going to be just fine. Was it that classic powerhouse Arkansas State, Arkansas State Pine Bluff? Was that it? No, no, it was a normal Arkansas State. I always love when I see Pine Bluff drop jump up on there. Uh, that's one thing I love about college basketball is like these schools that typically don't see any playing any other D1. And Corpus was on uh, ACC Network the other day against Notre Dame, and it was a close one. Did you remember? Well, I'm not going to get back to that when they made they the tournament. Yeah, I do remember that. But they had a they had these city edition jerseys where they had the Corpus Christi skyline. No, 
and one of buddies texted me like these are god awful and I the was american like, bank center just sitting up there by itself i was like you shut your face when you're talking about the sparkling city by the sea and he goes there's not even the harbor bridge on there it's not legit i was like that's that's a good point if the uh, selena statue's on there then it's legit but, was it jfk causeway was it on there though I don't know. I just you had that like the Omni, the one building. Like, yeah, so yeah, stands out next to the American Bank building. Exactly. Uh, so I'm gonna make some predictions about AM. I think they're gonna do well enough to make the SEC tournament, and that's probably it. Bold prediction there, Cotton. Bold, bold, bold. Uh, Tech was the only team to make a bowl game and the uh, tournament last year from Texas and uh, A&M and Tech. I thought you meant Texas in general. Uh, I would have to see if like, no, because you had Baylor. Yeah, fucking Baylor. All right, uh, so yeah. I'm going to give you my final four. I'm going to say Baylor, Zaga, Duke, Kansas. What are yours? I'll go Baylor, Duke, Gonzaga and I'll go Arizona. Arizona is at eleven and one. They've beat some really good teams. They sh- they were a bad technical foul and a couple baskets away from being undefeated against Tennessee. Uh, but yeah, I like what Arizona's doing. They're the surprise team this year, dude. You just made me look up and look at my hats and realize I don't have a U of A hat. Like that's like the only hat I used to own was a U of A hat. Yeah, probably should get one of those. Yeah, they'll, they'll be on my list. All right, so that's our basketball segment. I mean, anything you want to add on to that? No, we'll get into it more. I mean, as soon as football seasons, you got to divert your attention to something, and it's definitely not going to be like full-on baseball. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's already going to be conference play, good games, uh, and then NBA, there's, there's definitely storylines. Kyrie, when does he come back completely? What the heck do the Lakers do? Bing bong, what the Knicks are going to become, what they're going to do, trade deadlines. Is that uh, like in like bing that. bong, the Knicks are dead? The Knicks are dead? The Knicks are dead? If you're not a fan, you just don't know. Okay. I thought it was like, you know, similar to, you know, Wizard of Oz, but I gotcha. All right. Uh, we'll talk about the tasting notes, what you got on uh, that old Pultney. All right. There is a saltiness to it. But it's like a syrup saltiness, if that makes sense. Well, I think we got to break down the syrup again. We've gone through this a few times. Is this syrup as in maple or syrup as in Coca-Cola syrup? Nope. Just like a thicker salt syrup. So what I hear you saying is that it sounds like... It's like- causing the burn. Like it's like, it's like, it's got some heat because of the saltiness. Does it There's taste a like... a bit of it in it. Does it taste like sweaty, salty balls? No, it does not taste like shorty balls. Shweddies, shweddies. Mr. Mr. Mature. Uh, Definitely some spices in there with the saltiness. Some honey and some lemon. But yeah, the the heat gets turned on, but it's different than your typical bourbon heat. It's like a salty heat. Like that's, that's where I'm getting the sea part. Like I said earlier, I would mention where I get the sea at. It's the saltiness from the um the the uh taste and i'm looking at their notes dry medium bodied and smooth i don't know about smooth 
uh, honey and cream, faintly salty with a slight spicy note and sweet, long lasting finish that finishes the burn from the salt. But still very good. I texted you the other night. It was better than what I remembered. Uh, compared to the other scotches we've had, 38 bucks, not bad. I'm going to give it B minus again on the taste. Sounds good. I, it's funny you brought up C. Like I usually find that between B and D. So I'm curious you found it in there. That was bad. That's what I got, man. That's what I got. Which is plus D on that. <laughs> uh all right. I'm not even gonna go there. All right, so for me on this, still awesome cast strength. Obviously, being at almost 120 proof, it's going to be more of a hitter. So everything's a little bit more pronounced. When you look at like the palette on still awesome site, they call it grilled peaches. I don't get that. There's sweetness there, but I don't think peach sweet. They call it butterscotch pecan pie, not butterscotch comma pecan pie, butterscotch pecan pie, which is very specific. I'll give them the butterscotch. I will say that pecan pie. I don't get a nuttiness with this. Um, I get a little oakiness. But the one that really comes home is the dark brown sugar. For sure. There is very much, obviously, barrel spice. But it's so sweet, um, which I enjoy. To me, like this is bourbon sugar goodness. When you talk about syrups and that sort of thing, this is not mapley. But I would say it's more like a peanut butter, sugar, or brown peanut butter, brown sugar. Brittle? Yeah, I love that. That's actually a, I don't know the last time I had brittle, but yeah, I would I would uh, roll it in with that. So, palate strength, I mean, let me wrong, I've had this my third glass or so tonight. I'm going to give it an A tonight. I don't know, it just, nice. hit, me. It's just hit me right. Might have to buy that one after all. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Fourth oh, dram, that's, my friend. That's always your filler. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Fourth dram. All <laughs> right. So with that, anything you want to close us out on as far as basketball before we go on? Uh, uniforms have been uh, interesting this year. John Morant's doing his thing. Uh, good to see him come back from an injury earlier on in the year. Steph being Steph. Yeah, we'll talk about it more as the year goes on. Got to leave some content for the rest of the year, right? I mean, this is episode 39, which I'm pretty impressed about for us. Um, But let's get into our fortune. And we labeled it uh, basically 2021 wrap up. So we already kicked it off with, was this a worse or better year for 2020? And I think if I could just regurgitate what you told me is a lot of stuff happened for you in 2021. Um, obviously pandemic aside, you had a lot of ups and downs, some high highs and low lows, but would you feel that where you're coming out personally, um, and professionally with our podcast and everything going on that you're in a better spot than you were at the end of 2020? Um, yeah, okay. yeah. Professionally 2021 is definitely one of those years that you're going to put like, you know, 2016 was the marriage first tone like 2016 you always remember 2021 is definitely gonna be in that category where i'm not gonna forget it um 
cool things happened. Like I've repeated, family settled down, new place, me and the boys, you know, we're going to be here for a while. This is where we're going to kind of settle down. Uh, so that's obviously very important. And that's always a positive for people. Uh, and it was a gamble. You know, we picked up and moved and just were like, hey, let's go here. And it's worked out. And that's always something that when you challenge yourself as a family and go through with it, when it works out, you you pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Um, I think you, know, you deserve that pat on the back, too. Yeah, I appreciate it. And then it's always like, you know, if it doesn't work out, then you dust yourself off and see where it is going to work out for you. So. Yeah. You know. Like we talked in a previous podcast, I mean, you could be sitting at a coaching conference with a family in a U-Haul trailer and be like, where am I going to go coach next? And you're not in the position, which is, it sounds like everything's worked out well and know you really personally. Like, I think it's been a great year for you um, in that sense as well. Uh, for me, I think 2021 was another one of the books. It'll, I don't know if it's going to be like one of those years that like, I'll never forget. Like I didn't have as many milestones as you did. 2020 was a big one for us, but I'm really looking forward to 2022. Um, not for the typical reasons of, you know, burn 2020 and 2021 to the ground. COVID sucks. Let's move on. Let's get past this. I think it's, we're learning how to live in the current environment and you kind of play things by ear, but I'm really looking forward to some of the great trips we're going to see, you know, we're going to, some of the great trips we're going to go on, some of the professional opportunities we're going to have, but I'm also looking at like, this can be year, I won't say year three, but it's going to be the, third year that we've been doing this podcast and if you think about it like solid we've been going what 13 14 months straight so i think it's all seasons yeah exactly um you know third actual year so i'm really looking forward to all the cool stuff um that we'll be able to do but i want to talk about like what were some of your favorite times from 2021 yeah well the show in general like I love like where we've we've gotten to and and you know we've got our blueprint, you know we we have our beginning, we have our setup, we've developed our you know our ending and we've tweaked it over time and we found what's working for us, and I you know you know that's taken time to 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 put that together and and it's something to be proud of, uh, but like favorite specific times like I just I love the fact that originally as we've said before, this started off as a pandemic experiment. We were talking so much. We were zooming, watching games and it was like, let's shoot this shit and record it. Even if it's one person joining us, hell that's one person. Cool. And we've got some friends involved and we've got friends that listen and things like that. And, and the cool thing is like, I know I joke all the time, but you have your influences, you have your Rogans and your, Burt's and your Tom's Rogan said the other day, like it took him years before he saw anything from his podcast. And I don't even know if we're looking for anything. I just like, I just like that. We just enjoy shooting the shit, you know, and if people chime in awesome. Uh, so I like the fact that we're continuing this, like the pandemic is still there, unfortunately, but we didn't like, okay, that's it. Like we're, we're keeping it going. And then I like the way, you know, exciting, you know, we've seen a lot of great games together that it's ended and we've literally done some play by play. Those are the perfect episodes. I think it was like a Raiders Monday night football game. I was thinking the same thing. Like, like we (laughs) queued it, we were ending it and like we've gotten better. So those those are my favorite things. And then, of course. You know, the the tasting we've we've done, like the one that still sticks out was when we did the blended bottle one, when you had your we had the 
what is it? The uh, 1915. Yeah, 1915. We had the uh, rust breed. breed. We had the poor man's uh, four grain, all that fun stuff. Yeah, that was a cool day trip that we literally I literally took so we can record do that tasting. Don't know how you did that in a day personally. Yeah, (laughs) we did that. Knocked it out. It was a great time. And it was for the podcast. So like, yeah, that, those, those are some highlights. What about you? So for me, I mean, all the stuff you said, of course. The uh, But like whiskey distillery business, I think I went to Maverick Whiskey like four times. It felt like different experience every time. I really liked the people there. That was cool. Garrison Brothers release uh, or Cowboy Bourbon release specifically. Great experience, but actually do that again. Um, and then the barrel proof and stout beer smackdown we did at your house three weeks ago two weeks ago i don't know it's been a whirlwind lately and then i don't know man like there's there's been obviously some different experiences from like a bottle hunt perspective but i really feel like we're both starting to say we know what we like we know what we don't like Let's trust, you know, push ourselves a little bit, but I really feel like more personally that if you asked me, what were the 10 bottles that you can drink for the rest of your life, you get every day, like I'm so much more mature based off of us having these conversations than I was when we started out and we had already, I had already been drinking for like two or three years, like whiskey on a regular basis. So I feel like there's a lot of like, I'm going to say professional slash personal growth for me. Yeah. But we've kind of elevated each other's games and we may not be the best you know, podcasters in the world, but I feel like we're getting better and more what we really started our goal at is the everyday drinking man. Right. Yeah. But we can give well, some yeah. solid advice. And I love the and I love the platform it gives us like, you know, we we've we've done the podcast after Kobe. We've done the podcast today after Madden. You know, we it's given those us, are milestones. Yeah, there's, it's given us platforms for us to just kind of talk about like what you would shoot the shit with others, like at a get together at a bar, like significant events. And if, if anything, you know, that, that means something. Well, I love the fact that these conversations are forever archived, right? We can go back and actually, it's kind of like when you have, you know, Apple, uh, if you have an iPhone and you have like the cloud or you have Google photos or whatever, like you ever like log into your photos and it's like, gives you those memories. And they're like on this day, eight years ago, six years ago, five years ago, whatever it may be. Like, this is what happened. We can go back. Like, what, am, what were my thoughts when Kobe died? There was that raw emotion. And we can go back to that. Yeah. And it'll be exciting to see where we go and then look back. Like, oh God, that was a shitty horror. <laughs> like, what were we talking about? Someone like, finally what? emailed us and told us what we were doing wrong. Yeah, the yeah. recording <laughs> was so bad. What was it? Yeah. So that, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Um, so did you learn any lessons? Like, is there anything you want to implement in 2022 or beyond more time uh you know as we you know you want to get better you want to make it something any project better more time uh there are some things that have you know gotten in the way before but you know it's time for time management and there's some windows for that and whether that's social media whether you know like we've expressed and we'll, we'll tell the listeners like we want to get to the point where we're considered media and where somebody invites us to a tasting or somebody Dude, that first us time, a- that first time I'm going to feel so like yeah. so justified, like in everything we've yeah. done. Uh, like we want to get invited to that first bottle release. Um, 
you know, and there's there's things that we've got to decide, like how much of ourselves are we going to open up to? Uh, so, yeah, those are things that we'll learn, but it's exciting to see going forward. Yeah. So I, I completely agree with that. I love that you brought those things up because for me, it's more media presence. It's more like distillery tours, like as COVID and we're like, you know, we're more comfortable and, and more protected going out in the environment, um, going on those tours, meeting up to go do those things. Um, getting merch, like we talk about wearing our hats. Like, did you wear your hat to? And I'm like, fuck, no, I didn't, but I got to, right? Wearing a t shirt, like, we, I think we need polos, like, just dumb shit like that. Like, if we're really going to invest in it, let's, let's bite the bullet. Let's get the, you know, the custom polos and go out there and like rep the brand. So, um, you know, like hats off to those listening to us and they obviously pass along the word as you can. But as we get bigger, um, you know, we obviously want to start monetizing some of this, at least subsidize what we do. Um, Cause right now it's just Kurt and I pull our, you know, pennies together and, trying to create magic in a bottle, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited where we are, where we've come and, and as cliche as it sounds, where we're going. So um, cheers, my friend. Cheers. There you go to that. Mm. All right. So you got the sappy stuff, but favorite whiskeys of 2021. All right, good. Now we're ending the sleepless in Seattle and getting onto the good stuff. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've got to give you my disappointments. Oh, we can do that. Lead into my favorites. Let's start there. I love that. Let's do okay. that first. So I put in like bold letters in our notes. Like the hunt overall this year was rough for me. Like I had to live vicariously through you because I got nothing here. Um, Which fucking blows. Yeah. And it just wasn't like I had so much more luck last year. Uh, I did get my hands on some very good bottles this year, but just any like backflips at the store, you know, I timing, I didn't get to stand in any lines, but then again, you didn't have to stand in any lines this year. Um, yeah, I employed a very specific strategy in 2021 that I'll talk about, but yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just didn't have my luck that I had last year. So that was the overall disappointment. Like you asked me what a disappointing bottle was. I didn't really have any disappointing bottles. You know, there were some bottles that I opened up at first. I was like, oh, how am I going to like this? Like Blue Note stands out. I ended up enjoying that bottle and wanting to get another. Like it was it was very good. So I didn't have any specific disappointing bottles. Uh, If I had to put something that not disappointed, but underperformed, I would. That's what I mean. I know you're going to bring up the Koi Hill. I didn't do the backflips I was expecting on that, but I still enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. but my biggest disappointment was just the hunt this year overall just was not, not as good as last year. And I had my hopes up so much from last year. I mean, still went to whiskey cake and got those rare bottles, still got to enjoy some awesome ones that you had this year, but just, just the hunt in general. Yeah. I don't disagree with you that from that standpoint. And so I talk about like strategies I've employed. Um, I think there's a lot of different strategies. You can go hunting, hunting, like at a small town liquor stores, and try to booze and schmooze your local liquor guy um, to kind of give you some inside, you know, uh, avenues to the, to the bottle hunt itself. But beyond that, it's just so much time you have to invest in that. And for me, I would much rather invest that time into family or this podcast and really, you know, if I'm going through town, I will stop. Don't get me wrong. But on the flip you side, heard the, not to cut you off, but have you heard the museum term? The what? The museum term on the Facebook whiskey pages. So 
the one I'm thinking about is when you go to a small town liquor store and they have the six ninety nine for Weller CYBP and nobody ever buys. And they well have they have the rare bottles. They're on the shelf. They have everything you can imagine, but they're like. So there's this one that apparently is very notorious here in, you know, the Houston area, where they'll have whatever you want. You'll walk in and see it, but he's gonna have four hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred, and that's just something that we're both not willing to do. Exactly. It's not that you can't get your hands on these bottles. Can you get it for a reasonable price? Right. Um, so what I'm saying is like, I've employed a strategy of basically doubling down on my rewards program at specs. Like I pretty much only buy from specs and it's paid off new manager there much more engaged within the, what we call the BISA community here in San Antonio. Um, and I, I love the engagement. You know, I've got, I got a dude, I got a call while I was going to Dallas for mid midwinter's night Graham. You know, Act Nine, Scene Three, or whatever the new one, and I, I turned it down um, because I finally finished that that one that I got, and just berries, and it's it's fruity, but it's very cough medicine-y. Like if you start putting that thought in your head, and I was like, man, like I know this. I don't want to just take it to take it. I wanted someone else to try it, so I said no. I, I turned it down so someone else can get their hands on the bottle and try it. So. I don't know. In situations like that, I think like we talked about being just being a more mature bourbon drinker, you don't necessarily have to buy everything you see and you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars over MSRP. But uh, Coy Hill underperformed for me. Jack Daniels 10. That was a miss. That was really a miss for me. And then uh, Stag being a no show, dude, that was the true disappointment. Not that I was probably getting my hands on it anyway, but that, that kind of sucked. Like it makes me irritated because for the next two or three years, stag is going to become this fucking Pappy 23 because there's going to be such a pent up demand for it. And then if you want to go try to buy a 2020 or 20 or 2019 bottle, it's going to be like double in price. So I'd say that was like the equivalent to like one of the playoff games getting canceled this year. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, all right. So let's get into the good stuff. Sure. What were your favorites of the year? So on the flip side of that, the 2020 stag that we had at uh, uh, Rocket, right? Was it what the hell is that bar? Rocket, yeah, Rocket's bar in Corpus Christi. Yeah, yeah, that was a great pour. I mean, I think it was we opened that. That was that nobody had opened it. It yeah. was it was it was ex- and it was an expensive pour. Thirty. It was right? it was forty each, forty yeah. each. Um, but it was a you know a rifle occasion. Um, I never had it before, and that bottle blew my mind. Um, I I I, I just wish that was our. We had already had a lot of vino that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to let the fill the listeners in, we were in a Sopranos type restaurant where the wine was flowing as Sopranos as you can get in Corpus. You're exactly right for an event. Uh, so the only thing I, reg- I was, I'm I'm curious to see if you'd had that like fresh, but still it was it was very 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 good. It it really for me it really put it put it on the pedestal for me. Um, that I we would felt so cool too because people were coming over and taking pictures of it with us. <laughs> I I would totally like if I could have given them four hundred dollars for that bottle right there, n- not even knowing what I know now, I would have. Um, knowing what I know now, I would have paid four hundred dollars. That thing would be worth two thousand dollars right now. So it's just it's shit like that. Um, I don't sell on the, on the secondary market, but yeah, I don't know. It's cool. Uh. That's one of the top ones for me. Um, you want to kind of just like volley this back and forth or you want me to run through mine? Because yeah. I'd rather volley it. 
yeah, it was a it was a rough year uh, for me hunting wise, but there was my trip over to the uh, Gulf Coast Distillery. Um, yeah, where I got their prideful goat batch two, 15 year cast strength bourbon that I sent you a sample of, and it was so good. Uh, one of those that I'm like, man, maybe I should have kept that one a little bit longer and shared it like on special occasions, but no, that was that was a great bottle. Could uh, they've, more. They've, they've had some other releases since then, they just released a cast strength like rye. Um, yeah, you saw that, right. I did, but it is so expensive. Um, so, so tell tell our listeners how much you saw that for. I want to say it was like one sixty one, maybe. Yeah, it was it was it was up there. I may just go see if I can go get a glass at their distillery. Um, but yeah, so if I had to put one that I was really pleased with this year, that would definitely be number one for me. Uh, of course, I did get my traditional E.H. Taylor barrel proof twice this year once at whiskey cake once with you delicious as always we talked about it in the last episode uh i'll let you go to your next one i'll just say the each taylor barrel proof like that i think if you can't get stag that is probably the next thing in the buffalo trace lineup lineup that is right there to support it it's an amazing whiskey and the first time i had it i bought it i got called for it picked it up there's no way i would say no to this bottle you and I both got to try it together, and it it is one that I will keep in the canister, keep in the container, and drink on special occasions. I don't know, like it is probably the best whiskey I had this year. Well, that second best, second best next to the stag. Good. Um, Maker's Mark Wood Finish Series Limited FAE one, the so the first one of the, mm-hmm. the two that they released. Delicious. That was the one um French tobacco, I think, on the label and so forth. We both got our hands on that one. Yep. Very, very good. Just further, you know, my love for Maker's Mark. Still up there. It's still not Buffalo Trace for me, but Maker's Mark is definitely a staple now for me. And that was so good. So delicious. All the flavors that it has on the label that it details, it's in the pour, it's in the taste. Um, and I did get my hands on the second one. I think I may still have a chance at that. I think there's still a couple out there. I would definitely. Oh, yeah, there's definitely some. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was definitely up there for me this year and stood out. There's some people that like collect those FAE lines um, more than some people. I think, yeah, I had the FAO, FAE one this year. Uh, it was good. You're much more of a maker's guy than I am. Um, I don't feel like I appreciate it quite where you are, but you said something about Buffalo Trace and made me think like I texted you. I had Buffalo Trace. I cracked open a, a handle of it. I had two handles. Um, I cracked open the first one. And I started drinking. I'm like, why do I drink any other bourbon? Like I every time I drink Buffalo Trace, I keep going back to it. Like it's just this perfect blend of everything you could possibly want um i i think it would be my number one like daily drinker of all time and i've gone i've used to be weller but i really think buffalo trace like you just kind of come back to the simple things in life and it's so good but yeah it's so sad that it's like hard to find now at some places but it's exciting with everything like the expansion they're making at buffalo trace to kind of keep up with the demand (sighs) yeah like i've said i think like just like any fad, I think Buffalo, I think, you know, bourbon will start to go downhill and then like, bless us who say, 
Like we will have the pick of everything we possibly want. So just hold strong. Like Buffalo is like the one that like you can show up to a whiskey event and like that's a $28 bottle, but you're still going to be like, all right, this guy's, he knows what he's doing. Like this guy, this guy fucks. He's he's legit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What else? What else you got? Uh, so cowboy bourbon, man, like I don't know if it's just something to do with like that experience. Um, I really like the cowboy bourbon. I saw someone post on Bisa, I think it was, which is bourbon in San Antonio, um, Facebook page. They took a bottle of small batch and they're like, this is what I think about cat or Garrison Brothers. And they drain poured it. I'm like, first of all, you could have given that to someone like you'll be such an asshole that hasn't had it's not a cheap bottle. You know, it's a 70, 60, $70 bottle. Like, I thought it was a real dick move, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, Garrison Brothers is very Texasy, very funky. And you may not love it, but you grow to like it. And it's something different. Um, Cowboy bourbon, I think is really good. There's a lot of like sugar, burnt sugar, the whole nine yards with it. And I don't know, man. It's one of, yeah, it's one it's of the top ones for me. It's not Balmeray for me, but it is. I mean, it's it's close. Yeah, I, it's to each their own too. Like you may not love it. I don't know. It was a good one for me. Uh, the other one is the number one whiskey, according to Whiskey Advocate for 2021. Um, we reviewed it on this show before it was that one. I did the Nick Offerman Lagavulin in 11 year finished in Guinness casks. I still have a little bit of that left. Uh, that was a cool find because obviously I like Lagavulin and, and I love Guinness. So when you put those two together, it's kind of a match made in heaven. So that one was good. And then I'll finish it out. This is still awesome cast strength. Um, so that, that Nick Offerman one was number one. Number, number one. Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yep. Uh, and there's still awesome cast strength. I think this is a, a good little diamond uh, in the rough to find. Uh, you can just pick it up most liquor stores right now. It's pretty much well mass produced, but I did go up to still Austin with my wife on mother's day, bless her heart for doing that with me and picked up like that first release. And I don't know, man, I kind of just dig the bottle, you know, it's, it's a cool little bottle. So it's Austin. It's yeah. Austin. Um, and then the last one I'll throw out there, just because I bought it the most this year, like it turned into a new go-to for me. Like I, I really, really enjoy it. And the fact that it's made here in Houston, like, I, and I'm not saying it cause I love everything Houston, even though I do. And maybe it is why, but fuck it. It's my list. Uh, the Whitmire's whiskey, the bourbon and rye. Like I got several bottles of that this year because of the price and just how good it is. And it's become a new go-to. I saw the other day when I grabbed the scotch, I'm going to go back and get it. It's their batch 15. Like I really enjoy this bourbon and rye combination that Whitmire's whiskey made. Uh, I'm going to continue to buy it. I want to go to the distillery. I'm, I'm going to eventually do that. Um, and yeah, it, it was just a surprise. It was just like a a recommendation that I was like, oh, okay, I'll give it, you know, try local, blah, blah, blah. And I, I really, really enjoy it. It's become maybe not my favorite Texas whiskey because it's hard to compete with Garrison Brothers and still Austin, but it's definitely up there. And I may even enjoy it more if I get to the distillery. I, I think that's always a key. Like, did you go to the distillery? Like that experience makes it so much more enjoyable. Right. When you buy a bottle from there and you're like, ah, I've been with the dudes who make it and I took their hand and all that shit. Or I fist bumped them in this environment. Uh, I love that you brought that up. Have you tried their barrel strength yet? Because I see I, it every once in a while. 
I have not, but and yeah. I have not because I've enjoyed the bourbon and rye combo so much. Like I've like mm, I, I like I like this one enough. I want to get it again. Yeah. Hmm. Sitting here debating whether or not to pick it up. I might have to do that now. No, yeah, for 30, 30 something bucks, it's worth giving it a try because then it's like either you don't like it. If you don't like it, just fucking give it to me. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pour it down the drain like an asshole. Um, noise. noise. All right. Anything else you want to summarize 2021 with? Uh, I hope we're going forward. I know COVID's kind of, you know, you just see it like in Houston, there's so many of those like shady testing spots in the middle of a parking lot, which like, <laughs> weeks ago, like weeks ago were completely empty. We went for a drive today to go try out some cool spots to eat, um, like my eel. And there's lines like there were lines like 20 deep for people getting tested. Uh, So you hope, you know, whatever your political view is on it, I just hope we're taking steps forward next year. I hope we don't take steps back. Um, I think it's a whole two steps forward, one step back situation, right? But we're still making progress. Let's just keep making progress, right? Yeah. Um, And yeah, other than that, you know, just keep being a good dad good husband and that's that's the plan every year man oh yeah dude i will say one of my early goals in 2021 is to make a couple trips to austin to uh austin it up a little bit or about some cool bars up there so you are you've you may as well move you may as i'm not gonna lie listening to to my little uh podcast crew i do want to plan a trip i want to check out the on it gym uh maybe buy some subs and I'm sorry, the what? On it, it's the uh, company that Joe Rogan like kind of sp- is like part of a sponsor, and I've had a couple of their supplements. Their Alpha Brain is pretty legit, and uh, I thought you said Haunted Gym. So I was no. like, why? Why would you want it? No, they have their place <laughs> out there. I kind of want to go check it out. Uh, they're the ones that like sell like the Gorilla Face like kettlebells. They look awesome. Uh, and then I want. Oh, I've some- seen those. Yeah, that's, that's who sells them. Yeah, I'll never, then, uh, I'll never buy one then. <laughs> and then, uh, like, do a random, like, I know Franklin's, we would have to get there at freaking, like, three. No, no, it's not even getting there. It's like, it's like, dude, driving the night before. Yes. Stay uh, the night. But maybe, like, not, like, maybe, like, a medium barbecue joint and then, like, a medium taco place. I think you and I just need to plan, like, a guy's trip where we just go hit up some, like, I don't know, just me and you. Go, go meet somewhere. Mid afternoon, maybe like a mountain called Brobeck. I don't know. Oh, that's that's how you're sounding right here. I just want to go distillery topping with you, asshole. But all right, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. No, no, but yeah, that would be cool. Um, get a little nerdy, do the congressional kind of drive and all that stuff, uh, which we've done before. But yeah, you know, go take yeah. shit at the Capitol. There you go. There you go. Uh, which people already do every day. So. <laughs> we'll definitely plan on that. Anything else, buddy, before we get over that goal line? Nah, man. Go ahead and get us there. All right. So we got a little sappy. We reminisced a little in 2021. Uh, we talked our thoughts on college football. We're going to save our thoughts on pro football for our next episode as we're getting closer to week 18 and that playoff picture straightens up a little bit because it is crazy. Uh, we're going to do what we do best in the next year. We're going to watch sports and we're going to drink whiskey. Uh, Dick, go ahead and give them the socials one last time for 2021. 
All right. So Drammers, really appreciate your support throughout the year. Um, if you're not already doing so, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can always check us out on Facebook as well. We get a lot of our content uh, pushed to that spot as well. And don't forget to check out our website, FortDramaGoal.com. We talked about we made some recent updates to that site based off some feedback from a listener. So really appreciate you guys kind of making sure we're tra- trucking down the right track, if you will. And then, hey, we talked about it. You've got some questions, got some feedback, whatever it may be. Hit us up, FortDramaGoal uh, at gmail.com. And then most importantly, don't forget to rate and review us and then tell your friends about us. Like say, hey, I heard this fucking podcast and there's some dudes that, Keep talking about Joe Rogan. One of them hates him. One of them loves him. I don't know. Some monkey face kettlebell bullshit. And they talk about whiskey. Check them out. Those are the best kind of like ways to get people to listen to our podcast as a recommendation for a friend. We'll send you a personalized email, whatever it takes. But tell your friends about us. Get them listening um, and tell them to send us some feedback, bullshit, fuck you, whatever it is. We want your feedback. We want to hear from you. So with that, Kurt. I'll, uh, I'll kick it back to you for the quote of the episode. And I don't think there's anybody else you can quote here other than Pat Summerall. I think there's one other guy I could quote other than Pat Summerall. Okay. Um, I did a quote from him that a couple of weeks ago, uh, but there's just so many good ones out there. It doesn't. Oh, Al Michaels. No, not Al Michaels. Tony Romo. Guy, <laughs> oh, you're going to really drop the ball on this one here. Aren't you Dick? Uh, <laughs> I usually do. I thought you were. Wait, are you are you are you saying that you're going to do the best sports commentator of all time? The goat. Okay. Another quote by the great late John Madden. He said it best, and this is one to live by. And I think this is one that I try to live by as much as possible. I'd say Dick does the same. Self praise is for losers. Stand for something. Always have class and be humble. Thank you for the great words, John Madden, the many, many ones you had over the years, and cheers. Salute. To the next snap and the next dream. Drink on, dreamers.